Nobody's ever asked me that question. So there you go. You heard it here first. My favorite interview. <laughs> On the Rapid Tapping Podcast. <laughs> hey, this is the Rapid Tapping Podcast. I am Poppy Delbridge. If you're human, you're probably overdue an upgrade in the internal energetics of your being. And this is what this podcast is all about. Hello, hello. I am here with the wonderful Tova Lee, who is a friend of mine, a writer, an author, a creator, and a very funny lady who is also very courageous. And uh, I think we're going to have a lovely discussion about how we can put that into our lives and just live as we are. So welcome, Tova. I'm very glad that you're here on Rapid Tapping. <laughs> oh, what a lovely intro. Your voice immediately makes me calm and uh, want to have a nice herbal tea and sort of like put my slippers on, but like all in a nice way, I mean, yeah, and just kind of take some some breaths in, you know? <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah, very calming. <laughs> A calming slipper voice. Yes. Thank you. No one's ever told me that before. God, I'm, I'm really feeling it right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome. Um, I'm going to continue with the slipper voice by saying a quote because we kick off with a quote. Um, and the quote for you, Tova, that I've chosen is this. It's by Coco Chanel and... For the benefit of those who can't see Tova's face, you just winced. <laughs> so we'll dig into that in a second. But her quote is, the most courageous act is to think for yourself aloud. Interesting. I like it. I like it. You like it? I don't think you like it. What was the wince, wince at Coco Chanel? No, I didn't. Just thought to myself, God, I've never owned any Chanel anything. <laughs> <laughs> not out of choice just um i'm assuming it's very expensive i don't know i've never been in a chanel store but um i do like coca chanel's story of how she started off with the um wasn't she, didn't she sew her first the first outfits from fabrics from nuns or is that is that the sound of music no <laughs> that sounds like a great theater show yeah um, yeah, she was a ball breaker. You know, she certainly probably did. I'd imagine it. Yeah. Yes. And then she, no, I remember now. And her first store in Paris was sort of like, yes, she started from really poor and her first store in Paris. And suddenly people, she would make these amazing outfits for herself. And people yeah. like women in Paris started asking her, where, where is this from? And she was like, well, I made it. And then people started coming to her shop. And that's kind of how, how how she became Coco Chanel. I just think that name is amazing, isn't it? Like, I want a name like Coco Chanel, you know? <laughs> totally. Mm. No. You want to be Coco Chanel. Coco Chanel is the best name. Tova Lee's pretty good, though. Is that your full name, Tova Lee? No, it's Stacy. No, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show name. No. Um, nothing wrong with Stacy, by the way, to all the Stacys out there. Your name is lovely. Um, my actual like real name is Tova Levy. Um, but my husband's name is Mike Lee. Uh, but to be honest, I never actually took his name. So I am in fact still Tova Levy. <laughs> but for the purposes of my work, I'm Tova Lee. Wow. So hang on a minute. 
I know. So, nobody, I've, ever, I've never had to say that out loud. Yeah. Nobody's nobody's ever asked me that question. So there you go. First. You this heard it here first. My favorite interview <laughs> on the Rapid Tapping podcast. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Brilliant. Okay. Wow. So hey, that's interesting. So you took his name, but you didn't quite take his name. No, yeah. I only kind of like took it for work purposes. <laughs> that sounds yeah. good. But I have a ho- I have a big there's a there's a history there. So I was previously married, which people do know. Uh, and when I married my first husband, <laughs> I did take his name. And then when I got a divorce, I was like, I was left with his name. And I was a bit like, well, I don't feel like this represents me, you know, like I can't, mm-hmm. this isn't my name, you know? So I changed it back to my maiden name. And then I thought, I'm if I ever do get married again, I'm not going to bother with the whole Chain, name change like I just don't understand that anymore uh so I, so yeah so when I married Mike I I didn't and what's so confusing is so funny because he still hasn't really fully accepted that so every time go anywhere, the wrong name and then people go oh it's a different name and every single where we go we've got this awkwardness <laughs> 10 years of marriage wow. and I love that and I want to dig into that because I love you too. And uh, if, if you haven't seen Tova's amazing videos and all, all her content, it's just the best. It just is so fresh and funny and brilliant and courageous and real and raw. And he really gets into it, doesn't he? Increasingly so, huh? Yeah. No, he's very up for it. People don't realize that Mike actually comes from like, uh, I don't know, the entertainment world background. He's not... He's not like, I don't know, an accountant or like someone who's like super straight. He, you know, he he has a lot of friends who are performers and comedians and 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 singers and actors. And he has been an agent for many, many, many years. And, you know, he produces, you know, variety shows and he's been known to get on stage and sing a David Bowie on the on occasion. Mm -hmm. So. You know, so he's not shy. He's not shy. You know, he's got that side to him. But he likes playing the role of like, you know, the sort of like, oh, she made me do it. Because then if it's shit. Sorry, are we allowed to swear on this podcast? You did it. Let's keep it. (laughs) Okay. I'm saying if he, you know, if it it doesn't come across well, he can then always blame me. Uh, And then if it's great, he can take all the credit. So it, it works really well for him. It's a great role. If only we could all have that role, hey, Tova? That would be great. He's so smart. He's so smart. Yeah. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Sorry, before, but what did you you think about the quote, the Coco Chanel quote? Why did you select it for me? I'm very interested. Well, I actually tend to find these quotes purely off some, you know, I like intuition don't I? So I'm kind of like, what is the quote? And I was feeling into the word and I was like, it's courage for you. So then I was like, okay. So then I see what comes up in this little thing called Google search. And then some come up and then I was looking through and I was like, oh, that's interesting. Because I like I like the quote because I love Coco Chanel. I love Chanel as a heritage brand. I think it's just is gorgeous. But I really like her because I like that you can think for yourself aloud because she was quite a feisty, you know. 
she she did things she acted upon her thoughts which I think is really valuable so that's why I picked that one for you because I think you you think things like we all do but also you say them which takes courage right yes yeah or due to lack of filter either way you know any way you want to look at it. <laughs> but yes yes I like I like saying what I think you know, sometimes probably too much, especially when I'm watching TV in the evening with my husband. He's like, why do you have to tell me every single thing you're thinking as we're watching television? I just really have to. And I think that's that's why I love all your stuff so much, because with your book, I just I remember getting your book for the first time, sort of sitting down. I think I was still on the tubes then um, when tubes were still a thing and people were moving around. And uh, I remember just sitting and just reading it like full on. But also it's quite a, a cheeky little cover. You can't see here, but the book is called F***ed at 40, <laughs> a.k.a. Fucked at 40, uh, Life Beyond Suburbia, Monogamy and Stretch Marks. And I think it's just so fun. And the one thing that I thought about you in the courage piece is another little thing I'm just going to read out, but it's basically about women and... A lot of people that listen to this happen to be women. If you're a man, listen up because it's intriguing. Um, but being a woman and a mother and having all of that stuff going on and being courageous at the same time and having that voice, I think, you know, you could say a thing or two about that. So I wanted to read this bit out, which is what you say. Women are often made to feel bad for wanting to be more than someone's wife or someone's mother. It's almost as if we're saying we don't love our kids or the amazing lives we have just because we also want other things. Well, I've realised over the past year that that's utter bullshit. Discuss. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think it's funny because um, I, I don't know. I think it's it's not just this necessarily this uh, example, but I think as a society we have this kind of uh thing about well if your life is good and if you've ticked all the boxes and you still want more then you're a greedy cow because how dare you want more if you've got it all um mm. and that's what i feel is bullshit that's yes. the point that i feel is bullshit um i don't think that saying that you want more necessarily takes away your appreciation to what you already have uh, and I am very aware of all the amazing things that I, uh, you know, that are going on for me in my life. And never, ever did I take for granted my family, my children, my husband, my marriage, my minivan, <laughs> you know, um, and uh, all the other things that come with that package. Uh, but for me, that book is about having a midlife crisis and coming out and sort of going, well, who am I apart from being a wife and apart from being a mom and apart from being that sort of woman in leggings with the mom buns or, you know, shaking in a corner with a glass of Pinot at the end of the day. So who else am I? Um, yeah. It was okay to say, yeah, I want more. Like I want mm. to be more and I want more and it doesn't make me a selfish cow. You know, it doesn't, it's okay for me to say that. And actually, it's okay for anybody to say that, you know, if anybody else feels that way. Um, yeah. So that's where that light comes from. Mm. I do agree. Yeah, because I feel like, and obviously, God, with what I do, there is that, you know, being a coach and everything, doing all my tapping stuff, is like you're working with energy that is suppressed quite a lot of the time. 
So if I'm working with someone, even if they're, you know, doing really, really well to the outside world, running companies, whatever, really well known, there's still always that thing inside which feels like, oh, something that's being repressed or uh, kept down. And often that can manifest actually in loads of weird ways, uh, loads of weird patterns or the body or... And for me, it's not healthy to deny the energy of wanting whatever more means for you. More means different things for different people, right? Yeah, that's true, because it is repressing, isn't it? Like repressing those feelings. I think um, we, we do that a lot. You know, people do that a lot. You know, it can come across in different ways and maybe there's a lack of awareness. So for me, a lot of it had to do with like guilt the yeah. first instant instant was to just feel guilty for thinking that or for feeling that. And that leads to repressing it, you know? Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And that guilt, you kind of carry it yourself, don't you? And that then does become an, a pattern, an inherent pattern. You kind of struggle with it internally for a while till it becomes quite normal to have the guilt. And then that's bad. Yeah. And actually, I think that mom guilt, guilt and motherhood go hand in hand. And I actually think there's almost, a, like you said, an expectation to feel that way. So part of being a mom is feeling guilty all the time. That's sort of what we're told. That's kind of like the consensus, you know. Um, and actually, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. I, I think you should you I think you can just look at father's and establish that guilt does not have to be such a such a necessary part of parenting you know my my husband does not experience uh, father guilt or any type of guilt and that's not because he doesn't make mistakes or he ha- doesn't have have moments that he's not an excellent father or whatever that means or all of that it's just that he doesn't process it in that way um our expectations of fathers are very different from the expectations from mothers. Um, and he, you know, he, I mean, honestly, through him, I learned so much about that, about guilt and the aspect of parenting. Cause I used to have a lot of mom guilt, a lot. Mm. Um, um, you know, and, and I, I don't anymore. <laughs> so that's so interesting. So how did you, get rid of that mum guilt? Um, I mean, you know, to say that I don't have those thoughts come into my mind still today would be a lie. Of course I do, but I process them so differently from how I used to. I'm not going to bore you because it's quite a, quite a long story, but for me, it was really about changing perspective. And it was through something that happened to both me and Mike at the same time. And our takeaway from the situation was, couldn't have been more different. I walked away feeling like the worst parent in the world. He walked away feeling like the best parent in the world. And we had literally been through the exact same experience. And when we talked about it, I realized that the difference between us was how we analyzed our actions after we had made the had made the initial mistake. So whereas me, I was beating myself up for what the initial mistake was, he focused on how much effort we put into rectifying it. So in his mind, he was like, yeah, we made the mistake, but then look at all the things we did 
to sort of make things better. That's a massive, that says a lot about us as parents, how much we care, how much we want to learn from our mistakes, like what effort we put in what, you know, and I just, it blew my mind. It blew my mind that he was able to look at the, and, and then, I mean, this can go really deep, but if you dig deeper, I think that boys in general are brought up for success far more than girls. And you, you only need to look at like, what I'm trying to say is like when, when things happen to little children, when they're young, the way we react to boys failing compared to how we react to girls failing are, is very different. Mm. And that over time builds up that resilient that they have, that we don't have as women. And I saw that firsthand when I went to a, like a barbecue at friend's house, um, a friend's house and the kids were playing football and there was like five-year-olds, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds. And, yeah. you know, a, li- a little boy fell over and everybody was like, and he started crying and everybody was like, um, oh, good job. You're a champion. Come on, get up. You did it. It was brilliant. La, la, la. And then two minutes later, a little girl fell over and cried. And it was like, oh, are you okay? Do you need a hug? Do you mm. want to sit out next round? And I just mm. couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, my yeah. God. And that's, I think, I, I know this is like I'm jumping from one thing to another, but I think that's what gives them the ability to walk away seeing the good and the success that they've had. Yes. Whereas for us, it's more like, oh, where did I go wrong? How could I do? Da, 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 da. It's very, you know. Yes. <laughs> Mulling. We mull. Yes. We mull. Yeah. Yeah. So now I really do try to focus on the good things. I think there's a lot of amazing moms out there who take for granted all the brilliant things that they do every single day. And then when one thing goes wrong, that's the thing we Mm -hmm. (laughs) model. Yes, yes, yes. And then the self-talk is the, the thing then that takes hold. And then the gremlins come out of all things in the past. And then we just filter through all of the things that we've previously done wrong, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's interesting because that's one of the things that in terms of energy, my way of looking at that and tapping would be to go back to the place or that incident where we take on the energy of that emotion and that becomes like a pattern in our brain that we're like, oh, that's a memory and the attachment of that memory is like makes me feel a certain way. What did you feel like when you came out of that? What was the feeling that you identified? Whatever that secret, that secret scenario was. Yeah. Yeah. No. So the initial feeling was of immense guilt. And then after that, when I, when I had that chat with Mike, it was like a eureka moment, you know, Mm -hmm. but the thing is I can recognize other areas in my life that I still do that. I think that because it happened with relations to parenting and motherhood, I've managed to sort of, um, you know, not change the pattern because it happens automatically, but I'm able to process it differently after, but it still happens to me with other things, you know? So because I had something so related to to motherhood, it's easier for me to identify it when I do it now, Mm -hmm. but I guess with other aspects, I just have to be more aware, you know, and apply it in other areas of my life because it's not just parenting. You so you could do something at work or you could do something with your friends, with your girlfriends. Like it could be anything, you know? 
And you might still do the same. You might still fall to yourself, you know, to the same pattern, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Do you want to do a little tap? Yeah, let's do it. I'm excited. Okay. So let's find a little area that you can you can find yourself maybe in a different aspect of life, could be motherhood, could be something else, that you would say, okay, when I think about that, it actually makes me feel a little bit bleh, or I'm suffering with it in some way or it's irritating me or it makes me angry or there's an emotion attached to something. Can you think of anything that you would bring for the tap? And the idea with that is we always start with the negative. Like you've got to, there's that saying, you know, you've got to, you've got to see the dust before you can clear it. So we start with validating that those are just emotions. Okay. Okay. So do I need to say what it is or just think about it? Yeah. So you can, well, if I was getting my psychic zone here, <laughs> you just think about the whole thing and we shall tap. Um, but no, yeah, t- you know, have a think about it. I'm trying to think what. So tell me again, like what type of thing? could it be Mm. so if we were doing a really long like deep tap i would say maybe think about um you know maybe a memory you know an event that still holds quite a lot of meaning but for a small mini tap or rapid tap i'd say think about the feeling when you think about something that doesn't feel as good as you think it could i don't know if i'm around going through i mean for me like i think the the thing I probably need most help with, but I don't know if this is what you're looking for. Like if this is what we're talking about is switching off. Like I'm switching off. Yeah. I'm constantly switched on. And I think it does exhaust me. It's just that I have, I'm, I'm capable of going quite long before I reach my utter exhaustion. And that's Mm. not good. Do you know what I mean? Like, instead of just kind of having yeah. breaks in the middle and recharging, I will reach the absolute, like, you know, before I just, like, you know, that. Um, yeah. And being able to switch off is just something I've never been good at, you know? Okay. Yeah. Is that is yeah. that good? Is- yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, and I really think people can relate to that as well. When there's just one more thing you could do or... Uh, you know and and if if you've got lots of ideas going through your head all the time all the time yeah yeah so this is a good one just to to work on so let's let's do it let's do it so tell me more about that so you've got loads of ideas running through your head it's hard to switch off when you switch off if you imagine a time when you have switched off which I reckon you don't do much I can see that now you're like so prolific um how does it feel for you when you do switch off it's weird because I think um, I don't know how, and I, it really doesn't happen very often. Uh, I think that the real time, the only times that I really truly switch off, so sad, but uh, is when I'm literally unwell. So the last time I switched off properly was probably over Christmas, and that was because I had kidney stones, and my body basically collapsed and said no more like no more and I had those two weeks off and it was amazing Uh, switching off for me means not being on my phone not being connected not uh, not in doing I'm a doer like I'm always doing something always like even when I'm not doing something I'm doing something (laughs) so right yeah 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 because when you're not doing something what what does that mean 
Yeah, exactly. What does that mean? God, I know people who just don't do anything. And I'm like, what does that mean? Literally, what does that mean? And what's funny is that I'm married to a person who's so good at switching off. You know, it's like, I just don't understand. He could, he just switches off. He goes into bed. He'll put his head on the pillow and he's like asleep. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I'm good. You know? Yeah. I'm so jealous. Yes. It's like that overactive mind is just there. Yeah. Ideas. And like, I lie down in bed and that's when I get like most of my ideas. I'm like, oh God, no, no, not, not now, not now. (laughs) Do I get up? Do I write them yeah, down? Completely. <laughs> do I just record myself? What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> right. And part of that is probably because you're like on mission. You know, I think I think often when you are so on purpose about what you're doing and aligned, sometimes those things can be just never ending. Yes, they are never ending. Yeah. So, so maybe some boundaries around that. Would yes. Be good. Oh, amazing. Yes, yeah. some boundaries. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what do you like with boundaries? Do you like boundaries? Yes, I, I feel like if I, but I think like I need real tough love, you know, like not somebody who's going to be wishy washy and that I can sort of like manipulate to then like go, oh, come on, come on. Oh, okay, fine. No, like you've <laughs> got to be tough. Like I need, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm very, very Got persuading, it. you know? <laughs> I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah, no, tough love is good. Tough love is good. You've got to have the boundaries. Yeah, I'm a bit more of a, you know, <clears throat> come on, kind of person, kind of coach, FYI. You can do this. You can do all of those things, I think. It's a bit like motherhood. And obviously I've got my teenager. You have to hold the space, I think, but also be not afraid to pull someone up where you know that they're, if, if, as long as it's coming from a place of love, and I hope that it is, with what I do, then yeah, we need to, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's tap it. Let's get tapping. Let's tap it. So all you need to do with tapping, and we're not going to do like deep, deep tap. We're just going to like look at the way that it feels to like be switched on all the time. And then we're going to just notice it and then release some of that energy around what it means to switch off. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. So you just copy what I say. And if you don't like what I'm saying, you can use your own words more powerful if they're, they're your words and then we're just going to start this tap by holding like a little fist and then we're going to tap it's like EFT so we're going to tap on the side yeah that's it cool and we're going to say even though I can't switch off even though I can't switch off because I have so many ideas because I have so many ideas I choose to love and accept myself anyway I choose to love and accept myself anyway. Even though I feel like I'm constantly on. Even though I feel like I'm constantly on. And I even feel it in my body. I even feel it in my body. When it wants me to stop. When it wants me to stop. I love and accept myself deeply and completely. I love and accept myself deeply and completely. Even though I have trouble stopping. Even though I have trouble stopping. And my mind is always on. And my mind is always on. I trust myself. I trust myself. And love myself. And love myself. Mm. 
So then tapping on the forehead here, that's right. All these ideas. All these ideas. All the time. All the time. Yeah. Under the eye. I don't have many boundaries around them. I don't have many boundaries around them. Under the nose. And it keeps me up at night. And it sometimes keeps me up at night. And when it wakes me up. And when it wakes me up. I feel like, oh, not now. I feel like not now. But I love myself anyway. But I love myself anyway. Even with all these ideas. Even with all these ideas. <laughs> I love having yeah. ideas. Yeah. So I love having ideas. I love having ideas. What would it be like if I didn't have ideas? Should I ask myself that? Mm. What would it be like if I didn't have ideas? God, life would be so boring. <laughs> yeah. Right. Side of the eye. Life would be so boring if I switched off. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. What would I do? What do people do? <laughs> what do people do without these ideas? So let's think about this for a minute. So if you didn't have these ideas... And you could switch off. How does that actually truly feel? I really don't know what I would do. Yeah. I mean, over Christmas when I did take the time off, I painted. <laughs> I painted lots of walls in my house. I had to have a project. I just, I just don't understand what people do then. Like, what do you do if you don't do anything? I just don't understand. And, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I would garden, like, I like doing, I like doing stuff, you know? I've mm. always been that way. I just mm. think I, I do need boundaries. I need to, to know, I just, I just, I wish I had boundaries is the, is mm. a really good word, you know? Mm. Especially when you work for yourself, you know what that's like. And nobody's telling you when to start or finish your day. So then you find yourself at 9 p.m., of replying to an email or doing yeah. something it's like I'd need those boundaries you know like that kind of yeah. I think if I had that in place it would already make such a big difference you know yeah. work finishes yeah. at three or work finishes at six, at five and that's it now you know what it's like with the online work it's quite difficult mm -hmm. because yeah. you know what that's like right I do just hold your heart here and just take a deep breath in through your nose and exhale through your mouth so if it's kind of boring to switch off and really in your subconscious you're a bit like, oh, what am I going to do anyway? Then, <laughs> then what can we find about actually making those times that you do switch off really good for you, really soothing for you? I don't know. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be nice if I lived in a nice warm country and I could go for a swim, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like properly like active self-care would be good for you, you know. I feel like I feel like it's an interesting one because the boundaries of like 
when you set boundaries, the interesting thing is we don't want to set boundaries from our subconscious place if those boundaries mean that we're going to go to a place where we don't want to go, which is being bored. Yeah. So even though consciously it would be like, yeah, I need boundaries. It's like there's there's that subconscious part of you where, when you had that moment and I saw you get this, the laughs and the smile. It was like, oh, my God, yeah, what am I going to do? That is completely true for you that you do, don't want to stop. Yeah. I mean, again, like when it's when it's like a, when it's like the Christmas break that you just know it's two weeks, it's a set amount of time. And I'm quite happy to do nothing. I know I painted and I did, but I was always, I was also, I was also engaging in doing nothing quite a bit, like lying on the sofa, watching a film, like just watching loads of movies and just, just chilling in the house, which I don't really do very often. But it was almost because I knew that I had the set amount of time, almost like I allowed myself like a treat, you know, that I knew was at some point going to end and actually getting back into the swing of things was very difficult after Christmas because I did enjoy it, you know, more than I thought that I would, but, um, I don't know. I don't know. And I've always been this way. Like I'm not, and I, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like I can't remember any yeah. other time in my life that I've been, I've always been like that. You've always been like it. Yeah. So I would say what I would love to do is to go deep into that and go back to what it meant to be, left doing nothing interesting tapping so funny because you know it, it i always see it like peeling about layers of onions and you you know you, you just it's like playing detective on your life a little bit to see where things have popped up and isn't it amazing how we operate like as human beings in this crazy world storing all this information through our brain and like in our energy body it's mad yeah no totally and i think it also has to do a lot with what you're modeled, you know, I really do. You know, I think that, uh, I mean, I'm, yeah, I think I'm, I'm aware of this, but like, I think for me, both my parents were like that, you know, in different ways. Like my dad was in, with his work and my mom as a, as a stay at home mom was constantly cooking or cleaning or doing something. Yeah. <laughs> like, just never just sat still, you know? Um, yeah. So I think it has a lot to do with modeling, you know, with what yeah. we've seen. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then it's kind of like, then that's a belief. And then I always say, if it's a belief and you don't like the outcome of that belief in some way in your reality, that's quite good because beliefs can be changed. Oh, yeah, totally. True. Yeah, but, you, but I get that, the modeling. What were you like as a little girl? In what way? In all the ways, personality. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not mm. actually sure what I was like. I mean, I, th- I think I, ha- I was happy, but I can't think of personality traits, what I was like. Like, I don't know if I was cheeky or if I was funny. Like, I, I don't know. Hey. I don't, hey. no. Yeah. I can think of maybe more like as a teenager, I have more clear, like maybe thoughts of my personality but I don't remember personality as a kid I think I was very sociable friendly I had a lot of friends always um but I can't tell you if I was personality traits yeah I wonder what you were like I imagine you to be quite a quite a good child 
actually? I think I was. I think I was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. until I was a teenager, <laughs> it wasn't so good. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Well, you're on. We'll do. We'll do a. We'll do a deep tap another time. It's just fun. Yeah, a private deep tap. <laughs> so to end these, also, it's nice to kind of um, do an intention of what actually we're we're wanting more of, and because we were talking about more, and because that's something that we should. You should, we should be good with right yeah we want more in certain aspects what is it that you right now would would want more of in your in your life didn't we just say more boundaries <laughs> <laughs> yay we got it more yeah I mean I want to I mean to be honest this year's already started really good for me in a sense that I'm I'm putting so much more intention I mean I'm not only talking now about work but I realized yeah. like last year was uh so, uh, I mean, because of coronavirus, I also think probably a lot of people can relate to this. You know, my intention was just, I had no intention apart from surviving, getting through yeah. day each day. So I think it's brought me after the Christmas break to like, go, right. I need to just have much more intention in this year. Like, where am I heading? What, what is, what is the direction? And just remind myself mm. what my goals are and what I actually want and not just in terms of achievements but also in how I'd like my day-to-day and my life to look like mm. and my work environment and all those things but it is a constant um I reminder like I I can get distracted like this you know okay. by by just the day-to-day um, so yeah, so that's, that's what I need more of focus, but not in like a rigid type of focus, just focus in a, to clean the noise, to clean the noise, yes. you know, it makes perfect sense. Like a focus. Cause where your energy goes, you know, the focus flows and vice versa. Yeah. 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 Where does my energy go? I was like, Oh God, I've put so much energy in X and I don't even want X. So why yeah. did I put so much energy in that? That's yeah. what I the end of last year's conclusion was that like, wow, how much time did I put into whatever it was that I just, I don't even want that. Absolutely. I know, huh? And you look round after this, you go, what? Yeah, I get you. So what is next for you, Tova? Where are you putting your energy work-wise? So yeah, for me, you know, as I, I've really come back to that to where I started off, which was storytelling and creating content, uh, which again became has become a bit of a term. It's like an influencer is that, and now content creator is that. But in the sense that you know, the beginning was writing storytelling, and then you translate that potentially into film or podcast or whatever it is. And not worried so much about it being fast and viral, but more that it actually has value Mm. and that it starts some sort of conversation that aligns with my agenda, which is always women. Um, So just taking more time to work on the content that I want to create. And um, so not fast better (laughs) Mm. yeah I get that yeah and that kind of authenticity of what you're all about which was how you started right so you have that 
you have that that horrible night and then you take to your blog wasn't it and then suddenly you wake up and because of the rawness and the truth of what you've written you've got how many millions of people suddenly going whoa I relate to I relate to that I need to hear that yeah yeah and it's trusting really in 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 that you know it's I think like uh the online world there's so much uh aspects of it that people are not aware of so just not getting sucked into it yeah and, you know yeah I love it to not getting sucked in yeah exactly cheers yay. yeah yay all right well thank you so much tova where should everyone find you we're going to put everything on the show notes pleasure this was so much fun uh instagram tova underscore lee uh you can get the book on amazon worldwide and the paperback's actually out now and it has an extra chapter so for anybody who wants to buy the book get the paperback <laughs> mm. Yeah, I can recommend the book. I'm holding it up here. It's fabulous. All right, my love, it was great to talk to you and I will be seeing you soon. Thank you so much. Bye, Papa. Bye. I would really appreciate it if you would please subscribe so you get alerts for when we have next episodes coming and also leave a five-star review and a little comment for us so we don't go into podcast Siberia, basically. <laughs> and if you'd like to uh, get tapping, go to the website rapidtapping.com and follow our Instagram for all the schedules of the free taps that are coming up, which is at rapidtapping. And if you want to find out more about me and everything that I do, just go to poppydel bridge.com